Hey folks, welcome into Onto Wavelength, the Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I am Brett Taylor. I am joined by Sahadev Sharma. No Patrick Mooney. He is chilling, getting a little break time here, uh, which is a bummer for him because we have some breaking, exciting, thrilling news to share that I presume everybody's tuned in to listen to, and it's that the Chicago Bulls have finally fired Jim Boylan. Right, Sahadev? That's what people are here to listen yeah. to. Yeah. I think this is one of those few things where, like, Bulls fans are universally in, in agreement with, or one of those few <laughs> things that any fan base, any whole, fan base like, yeah. of any team, yeah, yeah is a hundred percent on board. <laughs> yeah, there was not. I mean, I'm not trying to dance on a guy's grave or anything. He's still getting paid, and it'll be it'll be okay. But yeah, I can't remember the last time it was like one hundred percent of a fan base. Uh, but but on all seriousness, folks, make sure you're checking out the if you are you know, remotely into the NBA or the Bulls, uh, head over to the Athletics Bulls coverage uh, because I'm sure it will be uh, explosive and enjoyable um, for today. You know, as, as soon as I said explosive and enjoyable, <laughs> I was like, and it just it just puts you in a certain headspace that I wasn't trying to get into. But let's let's uh, switch gears. <laughs> let's go. You know, speaking of things that are explosive and enjoyable, uh, the Chicago Cubs are now – uh, an absurd 13-3 and three to start the season. It's their best start uh, since 1907, which, by the way, everyone knows they won the World Series that year. And um, they came out of this little hiatus, that this the unplanned all-star break, thanks to the Cardinals outbreak, that um, left them without a game for four days. So then they go to Cleveland, where there was additional sort of uncertainty about protocol breaking and there was not yeah, the me- that's the media's test. fault the media blew that I up s- i did see that <laughs> uh yeah we can we can pause on that for a second so for folks who don't know um the Jesus. zach plesak the starter for the indians uh you know he's a younger guy he's in his mid-20s and on saturday after his game in chicago against the white Sox, he went out against protocol together we learned later with mike clevenger and he was sent home by the Indians to quarantine. And that's really all the media reported. That's like all we said. Yeah. We just explained what happened and and explained that what Clevenger did by sort of apparently kind of hiding this information and then still flying with the team was unnecessarily risky. That was it. Uh, and then Plesak decided yesterday to if defend a, himself. If anybody was harsh, it was his teammates. There were quotes from Lindor. I mean, the bad; those and, were the harshest Pluko, quotes. Who basically called yeah. them selfish, and the media, if media used that as like, yeah, this was a selfish act. Yeah, I don't. I mean, well, and it was. Yes. Come on, let's be. So, what I found most galling about um, Plesak's eight-ish minute sort of self defense of himself that he recorded while he was driving is that, you know. His whole point was, well, all I did was break the rules, (laughs) go out with eight people at a restaurant and at a house. That's all I did. Why? Why is everybody? It's like, that's literally the we know that's (laughs) what you did. That's the thing. It's like, okay, so you uh, didn't go clubbing with random people. So now you want to. Yeah, I don't know what he thought the bad. Yeah, what's the bad for? I didn't go to a 100-person writhing party where we were just rolling on top of each other for an hour, which those are wild, by the way. I don't know if you've, you've been, but that's those are, boy, when this coronavirus thing is over, I can't wait to get back to a writhing party. Um, 
Uh, There's someone out there listening who's like, shit, I've never heard of that. I got to check that out. Uh, uh, anyway, yeah. so that was the Cubs experience. Or it was a, sort of a, a, a back pocket part of the Cubs experience in Cleveland. But as for the ball games, uh, you know, again, explosive and awesome. The Cubs offense scored seven runs in each game against an Indians team that hadn't given up f- more than four in a game this season. And the Cubs did it both games. And they, of course, got uh, excellent outings from John Lester and Kyle Hendricks, again, despite the layoff. And then last night, uh, Hugh Darvish against the Brewers was absolutely dominant. So I think it's, I think you have to note coming out of the break, the among the things that have been so impressive about this team so far, it, we're right there again. You know, it, it, particularly the starting pitching, just looking fantastic. Yeah, it, I, I mean, I I have a piece coming out soon, just talking about statistics in general this year right and just kind of like trying to soak it all in you you in a normal season 13 and 3 is awesome first of all 13 and 3 is their best 16 game run that they've had since 2016 or equals their best 16 game run since 2016 uh so it's great in any context but it's you have to take it in differently right this year because what it does now is kind of set them up like they're pretty much i'm I'm gonna people will yell at me but they're pretty much locks for the playoffs right now you go 500 you get to 35 wins there are eight playoff teams so it's you have to analyze it differently in that sense but you also can't analyze it differently in the sense that what does this mean about the team right and and that's really hard for me to digest as someone that likes to really look at the numbers and like set mile markers in the season and say like okay let's look at how things look at right now and and we can kind of break down this aspect of their team is great this aspect of their team needs to improve uh, the one place where I'm feeling pretty confident is that pitching because you you talked about the two. There's two guys that we kind of came into the season, at least I did, saying I think they're going to be good to great, and that's you, Darvish, and Kyle Hendricks. And they've been and you look at the numbers by Fangraphs WAR, they're one two in the NL in Fangraphs WAR. They're the two best pitchers according to WAR in the National League, right there, tied with Luis Castillo atop the. The leaderboards. So that I I really think that that part is real. I think when you take in John Lester, my whole thing was just how's he can he look like that veteran guy that's learned that really has learned everything that knows how to use his pitches and just goes out there and pitches and gets the job done. He's been better than that guy that that, you know, number three or four that you look at the veteran that's a rock. But, you know, I still expect at some point he's going to get lit up, right? There's going to be that bad John Lester start that kind of screws up the overall numbers. But I I think you can kind of trust him, especially come October. This guy will figure it out. It's just remarkable how he he was explaining how he uses his changeup versus his curveball. Because I kind of asked him, like, the changeup usage is way up this year. Is that... Is that by plan? Is that just game to game? And he's like, you know, yes and no. He's like, I knew I was going to have to start using it. I knew I I needed to, you know, kind of expand the arsenal this year. But he's like, it's kind of game to start to start which one I feel, my curveball or my changeup. He's like, I'm always going to have my cutter. I'm always going to have my fastball. I always know that's those aren't feel pitches, but the curve and the changeup. On a certain day, I may just be feeling the changeup better more than the curve. He said last start he was feeling the curve too, but he's like, it was 
or maybe he misspoke. Now I need to go back because he did. Because the changeup was looking yeah, great. Yeah, <laughs> the changeup was that like was great. He was getting he's getting a ton of swing and miss on this that pitch. So you got those three guys. I think you just talk about. I mean, I I know Chatwood. Maybe the the pessimist among among us thought Chatwood got lit up and and he was making excuses last last start when he said he didn't think he did that bad. I agree with him. All the stuff I that, looked at it, yeah, I dug in. Yeah, there, there were yeah. two pitches that he made that were bad. That were the homers, and th- those weren't great pitches. You know, he admitted it. He hung a curveball. I can't remember what the other one was. I think it was a flat cutter. Uh, and it, it, the rest of his pitches, uh, I, I almost wondered, was he getting annoyed with uh, the shifting? Like, was was that like going through his head? I didn't want to like. I didn't ask him because it's hard to see it uh, from TV uh, when you're not in the press box and you can't really like they show like a quick look of the pitcher and it looks like he's ticked off, but he could just be mad at himself or whatever. Uh, so, you know, that was all seeing eye singles. I, 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 I don't know. I think this starting rotation is pretty legit. And I and, you know, if I have questions about this team, it goes beyond the starting staff, uh, especially when Quintana comes back. I know there's going to be plenty of people that have questions about him, but he's still he's still a legitimate starting pitcher in the big leagues. And, and you're going to have six guys that look like you can count on in a sense. Uh, it It's deep. It's deep for right now and healthy. And that's a that's a huge strength for this team. It's one of those things that when you talk about pitching and defense, if you can count on that, you're, you're going to be a solid team, which is why I say like, all you need to do is go 500 from here. You have pitching and defense that should be able to carry you that far. Uh, Let's get a quick word here. When we have a moment from one of our sponsors, uh, Indochino. So something I've been wondering, I'm just, I don't know that we were ready to transition to this yet, but I'm going to go ahead and transition because it comes organically off of your mention of Jose Quintana. And right now it's, it's bizarre. It's like, he feels like the sixth starter uh, on a team with a locked in rotation. Um, And I do feel like I, I would be surprised and disappointed if like this turn through the rotation if Tyler Chatwood had like has a rough outing or if Alec Mills has a rough outing and then that makes a decision and it's like, okay, they're moving to the bullpen and, and Jose Quintana is coming back in. Um, like you said, it's a short season. So you don't have a lot of data to work with, but one game is still only one game when it comes to evaluating what you expect future performance to be. And so if that's true, that I would be at this moment in time, disappointed if Quintana replaced one of those guys in the rotation after one start, then I'm left to, I guess, advocate for something I mentioned uh, a couple weeks ago and that has sort of picked up steam a little bit. Tommy Hadovy, I think, even mentioned that it was that it's at least a theoretical possibility that Quintana could wind up returning in the bullpen. And what his role would look like, I think, is sort of fascinating. I think the Cubs could look to the Brewers of the last few years for a model on how you really get valuable innings out of a guy who otherwise might be, you might think of him as long relief or middle relief. And it's like, ah, those aren't valuable innings, but man, the Brewers have just done an excellent job of, of maximizing valuable innings from those guys. In fact, you see last night, Corbin say, Burns coming yeah, in and finishing three. Yeah, yeah. It's like he did three plus innings and yeah, there's not a spot for him in the rotation. Okay. Well, those are still really valuable innings. Um, but here's, here's where I was transitioning. So we just heard, and this is not finalized as with everything, um, Cardinals and COVID related. And frankly, other teams, you don't 
know until you know. But the expectation is to today on Friday there'll be an announcement that the Cardinals' return to play plan will include three games this weekend against the White Sox, so a doubleheader one of those two days, and then going to Wrigley Field where they had a scheduled three-game series against the Cubs, which will turn into five games. A doubleheader on Monday, doubleheader on Wednesday. We can talk about the implications of that in a moment, but in relation to Quintana, boy, my head immediately went to, so he's at 45 pitches uh, in his simulated start on Tuesday. He was, before this happened, the word was he was going to have another simulated start, uh, and he would have tracked to do that this weekend. Well, if he does do that this weekend, then he will not. He would not be available to start one of those doubleheader games. For, for example, on Wednesday, um, it would be not enough days of rest in between. And so I immediately thought, well, that's going to be a canary uh, for us if this weekend Quintana doesn't end up throwing a true, you know, fifty pitch simulated game. That might be an indication that one of those doubleheaders, he's going to get a start. And if he's ready, why not? Yeah, I don't think it's confirmed that he's throwing Saturday, the latest that the media was told as far as updates on Quintana. So he may not throw this weekend. You, you As you were saying it and talking about Quintana, I was like, well, Quintana and Colin Ray kind of make perfect sense uh, to start to start each of those games if they can give you three four innings that means the the bullpen has to eat three or four innings right uh in these double headers because they're seven inning games so you don't even have to have Quintana fully stretched out I think the dilemma becomes if Quintana's not fully stretched out yet um I guess this type of start would be the final one before really you know, before he's fully stretched Deciding out. anything. Yeah. So, like, is he ready to Because he wouldn't back? have to yeah. stay up. He could be the 29th man that day. And if it's like, oh, he physically isn't ready, you could, you could just IL him again, right? Yeah, I guess you could IL him again. But that'd be, yes. I right? mean, would you would you catch some grief probably? Yeah. But it's, I, it's not like he's a youngster where you're playing with his service time or anything it's he's getting paid all the same and, yeah well he's he'd know. be on the mlb right il so you're right you wouldn't be messing with service time you wouldn't be demoting him or anything yeah it's a it, i mean you'd have to do what the player's comfortable with you can't mess with the player there especially a guy a veteran guy that you just can't do that uh so you have to make sure that he's cool with it so there are ways that you can make it work bring him as the 29th guy uh you have to but there is it's interesting it, it, it goes from this is feels really unfair for the Cubs in a sense right trying to squeeze five games in to in three days to well actually does this end up uh, could is there a way that this ends up helping them in the sense that they don't have to lean on their bullpen in in a few of these games suddenly the games are shortened they're they're having seven inning games against a, a good a solid Cardinals team that has a I mean, I don't know what they have, to be honest. We don't know who's going to be available. But but, yeah. but it, a normal Cardinals team, uh, their bullpen is formidable. Uh, and so you're it, it kind of – the Cubs probably have one glaring weakness, and that's their bullpen and just the trust that we have in them. I, I think it's stabilizing, and I think we know who Ross can kind of lean on and believe in in those moments. But – it's still it's still a question mark. So now you're reducing that factor. Uh, suddenly, 
is this can this be twisted into another little thing that's going the Cubs way this year I, I don't know I don't know that's probably unfair to say because it is exhausting to play two games it's a, there's a there's a lot of mental energy and physical energy that needs well, to be Well cuz think about the regulars with yeah. the, you know you know Chris Bryant right let's yeah. say he's still feeling just a hint of the wrist thing yeah. and what you're going to ask him to play 37 innings in 3 days no yeah. he's going to miss one he's yeah. even if he were healthy again he's going to miss at least one of those games whereas if those were stretched out over 5 days he probably wouldn't well here's the thing and but I also think that that they've talked about it so much and you almost feel like I, I don't really know if I believe this is this nonsense when they talk about it's been a team effort this year. It's 100 percent true, though. Go look at the offensive numbers uh, of the team. The only guy who has eye popping stats is Ian Happ. The rest are good to average. Like, I mean, yes, Wilson Contreras and Anthony Rizzo's like weighted runs created plus would be very good at the end of the season. But 16 games in, they're just not eye-popping. They're, you know, they're a few good games. Wilson's hitting the crap out of the ball every single time, whether it's an out or not. So I'm I'm not, like, trying to downplay that, but I'm saying you have, as far as everyday players, one guy looks like a superstar as far as numbers go. The rest are solid. Jason Kipnis looks like when he's put in the lineup, uh, whatever buttons, whatever – uh, Rossi's seeing when he puts him in the lineup, he's nailing it. Uh, but it really is a one through nine. Uh, it really is one through nine contributing because I say all that Cubs are second in runs per game. Cubs are, I want to say fourth in on base percentage in baseball, not in the national league and seventh in weighted runs created. So they're top 10 team offensively. I think if you look at war, uh, according to fan graphs, they're like number two as well offensively. So, so they're producing on offense just to, just because people I, I looked this up because someone's like, you know what? The, the, nobody's really standing out except for Hap on offense. And I'm like, I agree. You're right. Who has been like in 16 games? There should be some crazy numbers if you're talking about an overall number, uh, an overall offense that's really powerful. Right. One of the top offenses in the game. I'd expect like three or four guys in the top 30 uh, for like weighted runs created. There's one guy Hap. So it's it's weird in a sense, but it it really is a one through nine thing in the sense that their depth is is really carrying them, and and I think that's uh I think that could benefit them too in these in these double headers. We'll see. We'll we'll see how tough it is. I I don't want to I don't want to dismiss the difficulty of it all, like squeezing these games in. Uh, it's going to be a pain in the butt. Luckily, there's a day off, right, uh, on Thursday. Yeah, there's a day off after. So hopefully that can help. And, you know, they're not traveling anywhere. They just go uh, play the White Sox that weekend. It, it, it's it, it's just a fascinating season in, in that sense if you, you know, it, just looking at how all this stuff is going to work. I'm having trouble digesting it all. And, and really, uh, like, it, it almost doesn't feel real because I keep saying 13-3 and three is just a segment of the season, but it isn't. It's it, It's – you know, it's, it's supposed to be such a tiny segment, but it's a huge part of this season. So uh, trying to take it all in and really break it down has been uh, like I have this like mental block going on. Yeah. Well, I mean, and in relation to that, to circle back a bit to this to ongoing Brewers series, you know, at six and a half games back now of the Cubs. This is critical. These three games are absolutely critical for the Brewers yeah. now. And it's like it feels so early in the season, and yet it's mid-August. And when you, if you think in a regular season, when you have only, you know, what, seven head-to-head games remaining or whatever, and you're six and a half games back in mid-August, you're like, oh, shit. 
we absolutely have to win this four game series. And now they've lost the first one. I mean, it it's, it is wild to get into that headspace um, of, of thinking that way. And I mean, that's, it's all the more reason I suppose that having built up such a buffer this quickly for the Cubs, I think um, is going to, I don't know. I like things like it affords them all the more ability to try to figure Craig Kimbrell out. Um, not because you are going to risk losing games, but because you don't have to every single night be like, well, we're the ones that are already in a terrible position in mid-August trying to come back and, um, you know, things like that. That I All think... of it adds up, right? I mean, we've seen it in these first 16 games. He... <laughs> They've been trying to get Kimbrell right, and it hasn't cost them. Has it made some situations feel uncomfortable? No doubt, but it hasn't cost them a game. Like, all this stuff is going to matter in the end. They are building up this big lead. They're going to be able to, hopefully, it affords them the opportunity to figure some things out, right? Whether it's uh, playing some guys, like, uh, you know, using the bench more often and feeling more comfortable using guys, trying to get guys right at the plate, trying to get Craig Kimbrell right. How you how you utilize Jose Quintana, who you're bringing up from the from South Bend in certain situations. How's Burl Caraway doing? How's Braylon Marquez doing? We haven't seen these lefties in a while, as far as who's who's going from that bullpen. I, when was the last time we saw Kyle Ryan pitch in a game? Was, he hasn't since because his that last time, which would have been maybe two games before the break, the velo was down again. Yeah, and he got hit hard and. So, yeah, I mean, so, so there are questions, and, and, but they're being covered up by the record, right? All these flaws, mm-hmm. and you're just buying yourself time <clears throat> to kind of figure those flaws out. And, and there may be answers in, in different ways. There may be ways to fix these things. And it just it is, it's very significant that they have this six-and-a-half game lead. If they can win this series, I mean, you're talking about a pretty big lead and, and the team that's closest to them. I know the, the Cardinals are technically five and a half games out. <laughs> no, I mean, they're five. Can I just pause? It's also like they're five and a half games back and they've only played five yeah. games. So they're further back than the amount of games that they. Yeah. Played. So it's it's an odd situation, obviously. But I think that, yeah, the, this you can't you can't look past this hot start and, and say like, eh, it's just 16 games. You can to try and determine how good of a team they are, but you can't say that it doesn't, it isn't hugely influential in how they can move forward the rest of the way and how, and, and just what, what's to come. I mean, you know, we, we, you can confidently say that this team has, you know, a very, very strong chance to make the playoffs now. And, and you just kind of and it's about like figuring things out and 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 trying to move forward and making sure that you win your division because obviously that's really important but I'm just saying like there's a lot of things that they they can benefit from now having built this big lead man I was really hoping as you were wrapping up that section and like there's certain colloquialisms <laughs> or idioms that you could have used and I was really hoping you were going to use one that would have afforded me a smooth transition into <laughs> uh. one of our promos. Like if you were like, like if you were like, and maybe the Brewers can shave some of this lead down <laughs> this weekend. Uh, you didn't. So I, I will do that for you because what I want to talk about for a quick minute is uh, Manscaped, which as uh, our regular listeners know, it's, you know, it's a, uh, a, a, a body hair shame, uh, shaming, no body hair, uh, taming tool 
uh, that uh, it takes care of your hair-related needs on the body. I am a user myself, and it, it helps me shave down any leads that I feel are creeping up uh, on me. And it, uh, yeah, it's just, it's it's the best version of these things for sort of taking care of the man's hair needs on the body that I have found. And uh, for the you, for listeners here at The Athletic, you can right now go to manscaped.com, get yourself 20% off and free shipping if you use the code THEATHLETIC20. Um, it's, it's just good. You're just going to like it. I think you'll be surprised. It's a little different. Like the, the way the trimmer works is a little different than... You know, I, you know, not to get too detailed, but you try to use like the trimmer that's on like your electric shaver for your beard. And it's just, it's not as, not as effective, not as comfortable, but this, this is. So uh, anyway, you get 20% off and free shipping. Use the code theathletic20 at manscaped.com. It's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code theathletic20. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts a shed travel bag and high performance anti-chafing manscaped boxer briefs. That's a $39 value. I didn't get those things by the way. Cause I like, you know, paid out of my own pocket like a year ago to get this. So, you know, I assume you're getting a pretty darn good deal that even I didn't get. So go to manscaped.com today. Use the code, the athletic 20 hook yourself up. So, uh, let's see, how do we want to wrap this baby up? Uh, we got the uh, rest of the Brewers series taking place this weekend. I think we're both very eager to see how Tyler Chatwood looks. Um, and it's going to have been a minute since we saw Alec Mills. Uh, he he pitched in a uh, scrimmage uh, during the shutdown and, and whatever you can take away from that. That's just keeping a guy's arm fresh. Uh, so looking forward to seeing him out there again. And then we'll find out what the plan is for this Cardinals series. By the time we talk to you folks next uh, early next week, we will be in the throes of that series. And uh, for all the extra challenges that it will present to the Cubs and certainly to the Cardinals, uh, it's a little fun, a little interesting, extra weird thing that we get to talk about. So I'm looking forward to that. And Mills, uh, don't forget that he didn't face competition in in uh, whatever you want to call it, summer camp, spring training part two. He he only did the the scrimmages, and then he came out in that as the fifth starter, and and was great. So he's he's shown that he you know weird long time off in between starts, whatever he can handle that mentally and physically. Uh, it, I I think that's exactly why Rossi put him as the fifth guy again. It, it's going to be interesting to see how they do, but there's no doubt that. They're riding the wave of this of this rotation, and if that goes forward, if 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 they can plug and play the rest of the way, and kind of uh, you know even with those double headers coming up, if it's Colin Ray and Katana or whoever it is, Colin Ray and someone else, uh, it seems like they're set up really nicely going forward, even with the difficulties of a schedule coming up. It, it's it's going to be interesting. And they've got Tony Two Chains working for them <laughs> too, so so great. That that'll help. Uh, all right, folks, thank you so much for listening. As always, uh, I'm Brett Taylor. You can catch my stuff at Bleacher Nation. That's Sahadev Sharma. You can, of course, get his stuff at the Athletic. He had a great piece earlier this week on Ian Happ, and another on Chris Bryant's surprising improvement on defense at third base. Really glad you wrote about that, by the way, because that was something a lot of us had been noticing but had no context for what was going on. So good piece. Check that Thank out. Um, and we'll be back at you next week. Make sure you are uh, subscribing to this podcast. You know, I think a lot of folks still don't realize that you can, of course, always listen on the Athletic app. 
but we're available on uh, you know wherever you get your podcasts. You can subscribe for free. So check that out. Give us a rating and review. And uh, thank you kindly. We'll see you soon. Have a good weekend. <laughs>